0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of the ALS Association Greater Philadelphia Chapter podcast. I'm your host, Tony Heil, the Director of Communications and Public Policy here at the Greater Philadelphia Chapter. We are headed deep into the fall season with uh, most of our walks done for the year, but a Greater Philadelphia Chapter uh, Walk to Defeat ALS coming up on Sunday, November 1st, Citizens Bank Park. And you can sign up for that at www.GreaterPhiladelphiaWalkToDefeatALS.org or find out about all of our events and more ways to get involved at ALSPhiladelphia.org. Our guest today, Lauren stevenson Yasina, is uh, often at our walks. She's been involved for a number of years. Anyone's been involved for a number of years, depending on the number. Um, But Lauren's been involved for over two decades, uh, helping out with the ALS cause because it's very personal to her, as it is for everyone who comes to our walks and other events. So I encourage you to listen to Lauren's story today, uh, learn more about ALS and the disease itself on our website, and then find out some of the many ways that you can get involved, whether you can come to the walk on November 1st, just donate to a team, come to our annual luncheon, which uh, Lauren will talk about a bit, which is on uh, Friday, November 13th at Lowe's Philadelphia Hotel, and that is in honor of ALS caregivers this year. Which, again, Lauren can also talk about. She can talk about so many things. So <laughs> instead of going into a lot of different introductions, let's just get right to it. So, Lauren, thanks for joining our podcast. Uh,
1: well, Tommy, it's really a, a privilege and a pleasure to, to be here today. Thanks so much for inviting me to, to talk with you today.
0: Yeah, I wanted to have you on because I mean, we've talked many times through your work here on the board and uh, you gave some really good talks, especially at last year's annual luncheon, um, because we were honoring the Phillies, and you had a lot to say there. But um, I know that you'll have a lot to say. So tell everyone who doesn't know you, you know, why ALS is important to you and your family. Uh, Well,
1: my mom, Lee Stevenson, um, passed away of ALS and lost her battle with ALS in 1991. And um, she was diagnosed in, um, I think it was 1985, and it's a a real pivotal year for me because I'm actually the age of my mother when she was diagnosed with ALS. So, um, she was a young woman, and uh, sadly passed away uh, just when she was uh, 59 or 60 years old. So really um, too soon for her. But, um, you know, I was a, I had just graduated from college and um, she, not too long after that, gets stumbled in our backyard and, you know, went through the series of tests and was delivered the, the bad news that she had ALS. And um, certainly it was very devastating for our family and really a life-changing event for all of
0: us. Yeah, and at that time, it was probably even harder to diagnose than it is today.
1: Yes, um, she did go through a series of tests and really a process of elimination and um, was delivered the the news and really, um, like you said, because not many people were aware of ALS, um, you know, really didn't have, the, the the neurologist at the time really didn't have a great bedside manner, didn't really deal with a lot of ALS patients, and basically told my mom, you know, she had a terminal illness, and to go home and, you know, live out the rest of her days as comfortably as possible. So, um, you know, obviously a very sad day to hear that kind of news. But um, the ALS Association was... Um, starting to to grow at the time, and the relationship with the Phillies was just starting to be established. And really, um, the Phillies were so important in starting to spread the news about what ALS was, because, you know, that many years ago, so many people had never heard about the disease. And um, the Phillies were very pivotal, pivotal in helping us spread the spread the news and, and awareness about what ALS
0: was all about. Was was it that feeling of no people not knowing about the disease? Obviously, the money was important then that the Phillies raised, and hope and I know that that made an impact on everyone. Then you, Ellen Phillips, Jeff Abrams, and anyone involved. But um, how important was it to you that people like suddenly? in our area knew what the disease was, that you weren't so frustrated about that. Well,
1: you know, first of all, when we received a diagnosis from my mom and not really knowing much about the disease, you feel very alone and you feel like it's you against the world with this terrible diagnosis. You know, who to call on, who to reach out to for help, who can understand you know, what this disease is all about and what you're going through as an individual with the disease and as family members. So the fact that the ALS Association was there and starting to provide all these many services, um, my mom was able to go to the clinic at the time. You know, she saw a, a dietitian, a nutritionist, a psychological um counselors, neurologists, and so to have the opportunity to go to a clinic like that and to get that kind of care um, really just was so helpful for her and and all of us in the family. Um, So, so yeah, I guess your question was, you know, how, how did it make us feel having this diagnosis and you know, not not knowing many people or not having it uh, be something that people are aware of, and um, it we were very very lucky because when my mom was diagnosed, the association was really starting to grow and and really able to provide a lot of services that it hadn't um, prior to my mom's diagnosis.
0: Yeah. So. Um, I guess from hearing you and hearing from you before, um, part of the purpose of getting involved was not just to feel good, but you wanted to get some results and, and it felt even better seeing some results from your involvement, from money raised to the clinics forming to knowing that other people were going to get care that, um, you thought was insufficient when your mom was first diagnosed. So, uh, and I think our other donors feel the same way when they want to get involved, they want to get some results out of it to help people.
1: Yeah, you know, um, thinking about the experience of of living with ALS and being a family member, um, you know, it's really more than just a disease that affects a person. It really is a disease that affects families and friends of the person who's dealing with the disease. And, um, you know, I've seen so many amazing people through the ALS Association, and has met so many inspiring individuals. And um, to be honest, our family had a really tough time dealing with it, and um, it was not easy. And and so when I meet some some of these folks and some of these family members, I look at them in awe. I think, oh my gosh, how how do you do this? How do you wake up with such a great attitude? And um, uh, you know, the the association at the time was able to not only provide help and you know hope, but I was able to meet some just amazing people that were very inspiring to me and very, very helpful um, as a young person who was dealing with this really, really tragic situation. So, you know, people like Larry Delaney and Felice Wiener and Ellen Phillips and Ben, Jeff Abrams, and I could go on and on. I mean, you think about it, and these people have been fighting the fight of ALS for for years, Nancy Giles, Bill Giles, you know, 30-some years. And so to have that kind of commitment and to have that,
0: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> very a, inspiring, very
1: inspiring.
0: Yeah, it's hard for people like me. Even, I mean, I have a personal connection, and others here do too. But um, it's hard to give up on stuff when you realize that there's so many people that have been doing this for so long, decades, in fact. And um, you know, you were talking about the difficulties of being a family member and a family caregiver. Um, this year's annual luncheon on November 13th is honoring ALS caregivers and the contributions that they give every day. Um, and I hope that that's something you're looking forward to. Uh, oh, absolutely. Do you think that your experience and your perspective, now when you go to a walk or you go to the luncheon and you see a person with ALS and you see their spouse or child or parent, you know, their, their caregiver with them, you have a different kind of connection with them than you might otherwise? Absolutely.
1: Um, uh, you know, I, I have a de- great deal of compassion for someone who um, is a caregiver of a, someone who is dealing with ALS. It's um, <laughs> it's not for the faint of heart, that's for sure. Um, patience, patience, patience. Um, and you know, not to get too philosophical, but it really does put things into perspective. And I always think to myself, well, why did this happen to our family? Why did ALS happen to my mom? And for me, you know, what is the positive that came out of it? And that the, for me, the positive is, as a young person in her 20s, I was able to realize that life is such a precious thing, you know, and and your health is such a precious thing. And all of us get so frustrated, you know, with all the little things in life. And to have gone through an experience like ALS, you realize, or at least I try to keep on telling myself, you know, throughout these years that, you know, the little things are really not that important, you know. You don't need to make a big deal out of them. Like, it, it's just, it's just, um, inspiring seeing so many positive people who are presently dealing with the disease and if they have, uh, moved on and, you know, that, that part of their life is that. I look at, um, Patty Lake and Patty Lake Quinn and her husband, Dan Quinn, now, you know. Patty could have moved on. She's been remarried, her first husband passed at ALS, her kids are grown. But oh my gosh, <laughs> every single year she does these huge events twice a year.
0: And it seems like Patty gets more involved somehow every year. She does the two I don't events. know And, she... the, and, you know, and so wait, not only
1: raises funds and so everyone who comes to her basketball marathons, and everyone who comes to the beef and Beers every year, they've all been touched by ALS, and, you know, go out and tell somebody else and tell somebody else, and, and next thing you know, people aren't saying, what is ALS? And so, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about the Ice Bucket Challenge, but, oh my gosh, you know, well, what is a blessing for... Um, those of us who've been trying so hard to spread the
0: word about what ALS is. Well, I think that, um, you know, when you think about some of those people have been doing events and fundraising for so long, like Patty Lake and a few others, um, you know, some of them start off really big. I know that the first Scott Mackler event was a tremendous success. And sometimes they start small. And wherever you start, you know, just being involved is a positive thing, but I think, you know, seeing that there's such longevity and people stick with it, hopefully as an example to others that, you know, your first time getting involved may be a challenge, but, you know, it keeps getting easier. You just, there's reasons to stick with it. People will come to you and, you um, do you find that, that not that it's easier getting involved, but that the longer you're in, more people will come to you and, and um, be helpful to either your teams or your endeavors or the people you know that have been around for a while? Oh, yeah, well, you know,
1: the, the walk is the perfect example of, of an event that started off this morning. Chris Dyer, you know, how many years ago has it been, Tony, for, for the first walk in Philadelphia out at Valley Forge Military Academy? And, you know, a small group of people were going around that track, and <laughs> now how many people do, do you have, you know, 10
0: yeah we get so like so of
1: people
0: right we get 6,000 people
1: Park and, and not only that but how many other walks are taking place in the Philadelphia region the greater Philadelphia region it's amazing
0: and it's when we have the walks it's not just for the patients and a lot of them come but it's also you know there's people of long running teams or family members or caregivers themselves that get involved um and I'm sure that when you go, then just like we were talking about earlier, you uh, you're able to connect with those caregivers and family members at the at the walk and provide some perspective. Well, and you know, I remember how
1: many years ago everybody said, "Oh, we need another walk, like we need a hole in the head, right?" <laughs> everybody was doing their walk, but but guess what? By having a walk, you like you just said you. It's a, a, you know, amazingly, it's an amazingly great example of how, you know, the whole viral phenomenon works, right? You have, you know, you reach out to 20 of your friends and they contribute $10 and next thing you know, you're able to communicate with all these, you know, hundreds of people and, um, you know, everybody feels
0: that they have a part in it,
1: which is really, really cool. So, so it's, it's been fun to, to watch it grow and watch it develop.
0: Yeah, and, and so you've been at the walks for over 10 years now, um, and you get to see a lot of the same people. And for me, it's a blessing and a challenge because I know I see some people only at the walks because that might be the only time that patient comes or it's far away, so I don't get to out that often. So it's, one, good to reconnect with people. And, and also, I hate seeing that someone's progressed with the disease. It's That's something that's always not looking forward to. Right, right. So, um, but do you take, what do you do as a board member at the walk? Because we didn't bring up the fact that you're on our board. But do you do something specifically at the walk to, uh, connect with others there?
1: Well, you know, um kind of helped um, gather the board members and I've kind of stepped away from that the last couple of years but you know um, it is it's, it, it is a, it has become a fall tradition and it's that first weekend in November and you're always wondering okay what is the temperature gonna be <laughs> you're, you never know and sometimes I feel like the last several years it been they've been beautiful sunny days I, I as a team and raising funds, it really is very endearing and heartwarming. And it it just helps us get that much closer to to better research and um, more money raised for the cause. So from that perspective, it's really, really a fantastic event.
0: Yeah, and like you were talking about some of the first walks and even the first Phillies events and the first luncheons. And while successful for their time, they're a lot smaller than the events we have now and the expectations of it. So um, what's your feelings on looking back on what it was and how good it was then but much smaller and then seeing the growth of that and also what the chapter is able to do? Well, I'm
1: so glad you asked me that because I'm just chuckling to myself. You know, and to see now what the Phillies do for us Compared to how we started and that how that relationship came together, it's so fantastic to see. You know, it, uh, Ellen's mom, Malvina, who was just she was just amazing. She was the most positive person. We would use we would do uh, recognition luncheons and afterwards and, and made me feel so great you know she she just was fantastic anyway she's the one who when her son-in-law Ellen Phillips first husband was diagnosed with ALS said listen this this is a this is baseball this is Lou Gehrig's disease we, we need to we need to partner with the Philly so you know Malvina was one she was you know on the wall. I mean, she would get up there and, and speak and she picked pick up the phone and she called uh, Nancy Giles and said, you know, we need to get together. We need to talk about this. We, we need your help. And that, the rest is history because um, Nancy was able to work with the Phillies wives and we did um, fashion shows in the very beginning where the Phillies wives would dress up and the Phillies players themselves, Mike Schmidt and Gerald, Gerald Dalton. What, what
0: it, <laughs> Darren Dalton?
1: Dalton, right? And mm-hmm. they would, you know, it was just a fun, fun event. And, and man, you know, when you're dealing with a disease that not a lot of people know about, and next thing you know, ABC News is covering an event because the Phillies' wives are there raising funds, wow, you know, how how fantastic is that?
0: Well, and now, when we have an, any Phillies thing, like the, the management, even the people who take the tickets, they know Ellen by a first-name basis.
1: Well, and that's the thing, Tony, you hit the nail on the head. These events have turned from, and, and it starts from the top. They have every single person, from the parking lot attendant to the, the people who work in the stands, to the people who take tickets, to everyone in the Phillies organization is involved in these uh, autograph parties and auctions, the Phillies festivals. And, and for, to see that, that is really amazing because, listen, the Phillies could just, they could just write a check. That, that would be the simple thing to do. But they have introduced every single person there in their organization to the ALS cause and have committed themselves and you know to, to this event every single year, and that, that really does happen from the top down. <laughs> and uh, boy, are we are we grateful to that support.
0: and this year. Um... Not only did they do a really big ice, ice bucket challenge with Cody Ashley and Cameron Rupp, but Cody Ashley's going to be at our walk on November 1st. Wow. So that'll be cool. The first time we had a player at our walk. And you know we had Philly, people from the Phillies at our walks before. Uh, John Weber came to our, uh, one of the vice presidents of the Phillies, he came to our Ocean City walk this year. Um, and Cody Ashley will be there at this walk along with I, other people from the Phillies will be there. And the Fanatic comes all the time. So it's nice. You you, you feel important when you come to the ALS Association. Like you're, you're connected to the big Phillies. And let me ask you a question. Being the
1: person who is in charge of our marketing and our publicity, because all this work has taken place, and all this groundwork and help from the Phillies to bring awareness, and about them letting us use Citizens Bank Park for our walks and on and on and on. Doesn't that help make your job so much easier? Hi, I'm Tony from the ALS Association. And the person on the other end of the phone says, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what ALS is. I mean, think about your job 20, 15 years ago, 10
0: years ago. Let's you see, know, what was I doing 15 years were, ago? Uh, well, 15 years I ago, I guess that. I was still in school, but um, so... <laughs> It does. It certainly helps, especially with certain um, organizations that know the Phillies connection. Um, and then the Ice Bucket Challenge really helped even more because now other stations are doing it too. But um, I know that PHL seventeen does a lot with the Phillies, like covering. They're like the home of the Phillies. And Steve Highsmith has done a lot of awareness for us, and others there have covered things before and and gone above and beyond what they probably would have otherwise. Um, and so we've also... We've obviously made a lot of connections on a sponsorship level, on an awareness level that certainly wouldn't have been possible without the Phillies. Like, yeah, they've Absolutely. they've raised sixteen million dollars since nineteen eighty four, which is amazing on itself. But that underestimates the value they've given to the ALS cause, which is millions Absolutely. more. Yeah,
1: the amount of good that they have done is really just just
0: amazing. I mean pretty much for all of our events in the Philly area, uh, maybe not as much in the Hershey area or up in Scranton, but even then because we're able to grow with the Philly support, we're able to do things up there. So I mean from when you first started to where we are now, would we have gotten there without the Phillies? I mean we've got we would have gotten somewhere, but I can't imagine that we that our ALS families would get the care they get if it weren't for the Phillies. <laughs>
1: Imagine it either. They really were pivotal in establishing, you know, a name for ALS. Um, You know, Kurt Schilling and Shonda talking with ALS patients and getting to know them on a very personal level and understanding their day-to-day routines. Um yeah, it it was it has been uh, phenomenally helpful. It's been a phenomenon. <laughs> Thank you, Phillies. it's just just amazing what they've done for the organization.
0: Yeah, and we talked about how Cody Ashley be coming to our walk on November first, which you can still register for at Greater Philadelphia Walk to Defeat ALS Um but when I saw him at the Phillies Festival, you know, here's a, here's a player well known in the area. Um one, this year he created his own t-shirt to raise another $10,000 for the cause, um, which is pretty neat that no one's done before. But two, he finished an interview and he said, oh, is Craig here, um, one of our patients? And but, oh, is so-and-so uh, here? Like, yeah. he, was asking, he was asking for patience, not the other way around. So that's, I don't think you get that, not that other athletes aren't good people or other organizations, but I don't think you get that at other teams necessarily, that same level of you know, being just very humble about it. Because they don't have to be, and they just are.
1: No, no, like, you know, like him and, like, the shillings, they, they, they could have just written checks. They could have just written checks and say, here, but, like you're saying, they really helped us tell the public and, and, and really get a feel for, for what it's like to, to have ALS, and they, they, they've, they've gone out of their way to get to know our patients and really understand the day-to-day challenges of what it is to have ALS and what it is to be a family member of someone who's dealing with ALS. And for that, there's, there's just no price you can put on it,
0: just no price at all. Well, that does remind me, um, we've been talking about Um, how great the the Phillies are on a personal level even beyond the money Um, and then you know your feelings of being a a caregiver um, and having a family with ALS and I've mentioned this on other podcasts like with Chris Martin who's our walk chair and with and with Biata Um, it it may it's more special when the people who are supporting you are authentic about it and you know are doing it uh, because they really connect You, you want the money like you said it we would love for someone to just write us a $5 million check. That would be terrific. Um, yeah. And please do, if you have $5 million. Uh, yeah, that uh, would be fun. But, but I'm sure I, that... I know where you're going with this. <laughs> but, but I'm sure that you also, having experienced ALS in your family, um, it makes a much bigger deal once you talk to someone and they're, they're sincere about it and you know that there's a real commitment there probably beyond whatever dollar they're writing. Well, I just love the
1: fact that you all uh, designed this year's luncheon around the caregivers and really honoring the caregivers. Um, You know, that's the story in itself. And um, I think maybe one of the reasons you invited me on the show today is um, you know, ALS is, is no other. And, um, you know, every day is a different day. And every challenge is a different challenge. And, um, you know, the patient and family members and friends are are in it together. They're in a partnership. And uh, I've always said that it's not, ALS is, is, affects the whole family. It's not just patient's illness. It really is a family disease. And um, the fact that you're recognizing what goes into caregiving um, is, is fantastic. Um, uh, you know, thinking back to what it was like taking care of my mom and even meeting some some patients and their families today, it, it's Tricky because you know many of the the daily needs of an ALS patient aren't necessarily medical needs, right? They're they're more uh, you know help with uh,
0: equipment or help in getting up or out of a chair. Just or general quality help of in life. Getting uh, you know a ride to some place,
1: and so. That's why the ALS Association is so fantastic because the money that are raised, in many cases, go to support the the help of the needs of families that isn't going to be covered by insurance. So all this, um, you know, daily kind of help with um, many of the. A couple of the uh, funds that have been put together for home health care.
0: And respite um, care.
1: Right, the respite care, the um, van help, the donor closet. um, You know, with uh, it's just sadly, it's one of those things where you start off needing a cane and then you need a walker and then you need a wheelchair. Well, isn't it amazing that the
0: association can help patients with that kind of thing? Yeah, and you know, I think that we, we're looking at how many people we serve, and f- we've calculated that we've our chapter has served over twelve hundred people with ALS in the last year. Um, we had been saying eight fifty, and then we're like, you know, it seems more. We should really look at that number in a different way, and astounded that it was that that high, and then. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. But then we realize that if it's 1,200 people that we're caring for with ALS, that means that there's you know at least 2,400 people once you take in into account those caregivers, because everyone's got at least one person, and most people have a lot more that are caring for them in some way, whether it's a child of a person with ALS, like helping them with food, or a... a Spouse who's helping with bathing or or just general, like helping with the bills and stuff. There's a lot of care in there. There there is so much help that's needed. Um,
1: Like you said, that, you know, pureeing the food or preparing the food. And, um, you know, I remember helping to have to turn my mom at night, you know, in the middle of the night because she couldn't turn herself, um, you know, getting dressed and. Showering and bathing, and, and um, yeah, it, it's it, it, that. And then you think, I didn't know that number, Tony, 1,200 patients. Um, you think all of those individuals in this region are needing assistance in some way, shape, or form on a daily basis, several times throughout the day and, um, you know, how our organization is helping with those details.
0: Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, like you were talking about, uh, you know, turning your mom and making sure someone can sleep. Heck, I know now, my wife is pregnant, and just her sleep at being pregnant is Mm -hmm. uh, is tough, as you probably know. Um, So, Mm -hmm. you know, just thinking about that and realizing that people with ALS are dealing with that, on a daily basis, and it's not like it gets any easier. Um, right. But in addition to providing tools, we're hopeful that we can provide some education and information to people with ALS and caregivers. We have a lot more podcasts like this that go into some care. We have some videos now that are talking about Hoyer lifts and communication devices. And you can find all of that on our website, which, you know, when you started, there wasn't a website to find that kind of information that – to get the help. So hopefully, now after your involvement, there's a lot more available for people with ALS to, to live a fuller quality of life.
1: Well, and we haven't even touched on the technology with uh, Alicia, Alicia uh, Brownlee. Yeah, Brownlee, who, I mean, the, the whole iPad phenomenon you know, with patients, I, I remember my mom, you know, as she was losing her voice, they were just starting to get into, you know, the voice technology and, um, you know, how you could manipulate the computer screen with your eye movement and um, how far that aspect of ALS patient care has come um, and, and the resources that are available Um, that were
0: never available before. Well, do you think that, I I imagine now since you have such a personal connection and things have changed so much in your 30 years of being involved with this, that you look at the devices that exist now, like communication devices, or the clinics that exist now, the the expansion of the patient care staff, and um, the the videos and other tools, and you could empathize with the, the family members because you know, What life was like without those things, so you can show a different appreciation of what it's like to have it, not take it for granted.
1: Absolutely, and I, you know, as you're as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, what would a patient do if they didn't have this resource to go to? What what would where would they be? You know. uh, I remember picking up the phone and saying, oh my gosh, I need to get um, help, overnight help. You know, what are my resources? How do I reach out to a nursing company or, a, you know, a Meals on Wheels? And the, the fact that somebody could pick up the phone and talk with, you know, somebody in your staff and they can steer you in the right direction, you um, you know, or go to the website and, you know, look for information there. Where where would a patient be if they
0: didn't have these resources? Right. I, I think it's almost like now if you asked me to go a, go a week without my cell phone, <laughs> I would be baffled. So a lot of things that exist now, it's hard to imagine life without, but it yeah. wasn't that long ago that people with ALS and caregivers were yeah. without, and there was a lot to go through, and yeah. So there's a lot that we understandably take for granted. Like, I I can't. I know I lived most of my life without regular internet access. <laughs> How and, did I do that? Right. <laughs> How did what did I talk to people like in person? <laughs> I know. I think we actually looked at people in the eye and talked with them. Well, you you kind of put your eyes. You know, you shun your eyes in shame. I don't know what you did, but but I I mean I can't imagine like going a whole day or a whole week without being able to interact by email and text and everything it's just so much easier and for a person with ALS like that's the only way to communicate yeah so we can't say that things are great because it's not good enough until you know we, we don't have to work here anymore and we've ended ALS but hopefully things are getting better since you've started in terms of quality of life well absolutely
1: you know what we what the organization is doing in terms of quality of life and helping patients is just outstanding and the resources that are now available are just um, just amazing I you know and and then and then again we've got the whole another level of know raising funds for research and that's a whole other aspect of what the organization does but you know just speaking from experience and dealing with my mom it's 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 so wonderful and so heartwarming to see how far the organization has come when it comes to caregiving and and just fantastic that you're celebrating those caregivers and the whole aspect of caregiving for ALS on November
0: 13th. Well, that's a good way to really segue into our conclusion here. I, I think that everyone, if you want to learn more about ALS caregiving um, and you want to honor caregivers who do so much every single day, all day, many times, come to our wow. annual luncheon. You um, can still sponsor a table. You can get involved in many ways. Uh, the website is alsphiladelphia.org luncheon. But it's right on our homepage at ALSPhiladelphia.org. Get all the information. Lauren wants you to go, and you shouldn't... Oh, yeah. And everyone says yes to Lauren. <laughs> so, um, so it would be fun to
1: see. If, you know, every year we rally and, and get the invitations out and make phone calls and try to fill up those tables. And every year we get more and more people. So it really would be fantastic to... Break records this
0: year, and and uh, really, it gets low. it's right
1: at, at, at Lowe's, right? Yeah, it's, at, Lowe, it's Lowe's. at Lowe's. Yeah, we gotta throw in five more tables, or six more tables,
0: or ten more tables. Yeah, we, it's at Lowe's Philadelphia Hotel in in Philadelphia, um, which makes sense. Uh, November thirteenth, from noon until two, and it's terrific oh, lunch. You know, honoring caregivers. Going to have some really great speakers. Mitch Album will be there. Um, State Representative Brian Cutler, who you can listen to in an earlier podcast, will be there talking about how um, his taking care of his parents who both had ALS. Um, You'll be able to hear from other caregivers and people affected by ALS. Uh, Friday, November 13th, Lowe's Philadelphia Hotel. Get your tickets now at ALSPhiladelphia.org slash luncheon, and uh, we want you to be part of it.
1: Well, I have to say that Between the walk, which is coming up, November is a big month for, for the ALS Association, Greater Philadelphia Chapter, but between the walk and the luncheon. The luncheon is really one of my favorite, favorite ALS events because you always do it up fantastic. You always walk your organization and all the people who work there, the volunteers, the committee, the staff always walk away thinking, wow, what what an organization. Between the speakers and um, the videos that are done and the amount of people who come, it really is a very thought-provoking and meaningful way to spend a couple hours of your time.
0: Well, I, I take that as a good endorsement. So uh, so we hope to see everyone there, and Lauren, we really thank you for your three decades plus of being involved with the chapter, and all that you've helped do, and, and honoring your mom and all others living with ALS. So we'll see you at the walk, we'll see you at the luncheon, and uh, thanks for joining our podcast today. Oh,
1: Tony, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. It was fun to speak with you today.
0: Good. Well, uh, keep in mind, everyone, you can learn more about how to get involved with the fight against ALS at alsphiladelphia.org. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, even Vine and Tumblr, um, which we don't update as much. But all of that is at ALS Philadelphia, all one word. And we'll have a lot more exciting ways for you to give, volunteer, and advocate in the coming weeks and months ahead. So thank you for being part of our fight against ALS.